Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about a wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. I'm your host, Heather E. Wilson, and on today's episode, I welcome Danny Partington, who runs a gin vlog called Just Pour It. He's located, as he puts it, in a small town called Runcorn, UK, a place in the middle of everywhere without it being anything much itself. Sounds pretty fun, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we chat about his love and passion for all things gin, man after my heart. As well as his gin vlog that he started a few years ago. And so, so much more. Welcome, Danny. Hello. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure to be here. Awesome. All right. Well, before we get to dive deep into all the gins, let's start by sharing what we were drinking today. And Danny, you're my guest, so you get to go first. What are you drinking today? So this is a cocktail that I, well, was in Ireland a couple of weeks ago and we found this lovely little bar that we had for lunch every day and they served beautiful cocktails and we were part of a group so what we did was buy several and pass it around and try each other's and see how it was. And this was a vodka one which is why I didn't get it myself. It was called a Sexy Chick which I believe is because it's based on the Sex on the Beach cocktail. So mm. I've tried to sort of take that and because it was absolutely gorgeous but of course it didn't have gin in it which is you know, absurd. Purpose, so I, I, that's the point of drinking it. <laughs> exactly. I've just taken it and adapted it to gin one. So it's gin, I've got some peach schnapps, some orange, some pineapple, and some grenadine. So that's what I'm having. Yeah, it's smooth and fruity and tastes like summer, which is hopefully wow. where the weather's going to come. So. Yeah, wow, that sounds absolutely delicious. I will definitely have to check that one out. Mm. So today, I'm not having anything quite so exciting, I guess, but I'm having, now this sounds crazy, but an Italian Negroni, which a Negroni is technically Italian initially, (laughs) so it's kind of a strange name, but it's the classic one-to-one-to-one Negroni, but we add a little bit of sparkling water or a club soda to it just to give that a little bit of fizz. I guess you could also call it a Negroni fizz, I guess, if you wanted to like change the name. But it lightens it up. And one, it means I can drink more of them. But two, they're perfect for sitting, you know, on the deck in the summer with friends. So it's not quite as heavy, let's say, as a regular Negroni, which I love and is probably like my top two of all time cocktails. But so this is just lightens it up. Okay. So Danny, I know you have some interesting background here. So tell us about your background? Did you always love gin? Was it your thing in the UK? Did you like grow up with it? You know, six o'clock gin and tonic time kind of thing? <laughs> I came to it a little bit later, but it was mostly on the grounds that I didn't really like anything else to drink. I grew up in a town called Huddersfield in the UK, which is sort of, again, very similar to Runcorn. It's in the middle of a lot of places, but not really as much itself. But in a place called Yorkshire, and Yorkshire is known for its beers and its ales and its very much that kind of place. So all my friends, when we were getting to drinking age, were going out and getting their beers, and I never liked the taste of it. It was just something that wasn't for me. Until eventually, one day, I do apologize for hearing noise in the background, that's my dog, uh, who's decided that she's uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I had enough of me talking about gin for one day. So yeah, so it was one of those times when my mother was just at home and she was having a gin and tonic and she said, why didn't you try this? And I had it and liked it. And at long last, I had a, a drink I could order at a bar with my friends. And it was, right, if I'm going to have this as my drink, I'm going to go all in. So <laughs> after a few years of just going around, just trying to find new ones and discovering all the different flavours you can possibly have. Yeah, I decided to start growing and growing and growing. And yeah, now I've got my own gin collection and my own gin cabinets. And yeah, the point of interest in the house. Wow. Well, if you're going to go in, go big, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do anything now, my house. I bet your friends come to you for gin advice. Every single one will refer to me in some capacity, you know, they've got a gin for Christmas or their birthday and they wonder what it's like, or they want to buy a gift for someone who they know is a gin lover. And of course, anyone who comes around to the house, the first thing they want to go and see is this huge cabinet, which I actually got when I moved in, I was looking for something and I managed to get it on wonderful eBay for about 20 quid. It's this huge three-piece thing, which hadn't, by the looks of it, but I cleared it out, it had like confetti from the year 2000. So they clearly hadn't used it for years. And they're trying to make space for something that they'd actually would use. But yeah, I've got this full thing. So it's got drawers, it's got two cupboards where I put my glasses in. In the centre, you've got three shelves full and deep of gin. So it's one of those where people come round and say, you know, what sort of flavours do you like? And I can direct them to something that will inevitably uh, they'll enjoy. I hear you. Same thing happens to me all the time. All the time. So how many gin are in your current collection? Currently, I'd say around 70, I think. And the reason it isn't more than that is because I keep drinking them. Yeah, we have that problem too. It'd be well into three figures now if I had any modicum of self-control. I do try and get sort of, you know, cheaper supermarket gins that I can drink on a day-to-day basis and then only bring the nice stuff out for special occasions. But what unfortunately happens is I drink the cheap stuff and then go, ooh, what am I going to drink now? Could buy some more or could have, ooh, this lovely bottle here that's tempting me. So it grows. It does grow, but it grows slower than it otherwise could. Yes. So what we've done to combat that problem, I feel it's almost a shame to buy a brand new bottle of gin and never crack it. I think that is just crazy. So when we have collectibles that we want to have, and we do take a while, like we don't drink them all right away or anything like that. Similar to you, we might bring them out at parties or special occasions. But when it is gone, when it is empty, we keep the bottles. Yes. So now we have this massive collection of empty bottles, which sounds strange, I know, but we can literally look at our travels around the world by our bottles. And it's kind of cool, you know? So if you're trying to remember what you tried and didn't try, you know, keeping some, and then we're going to, I think we're going to make like a bar top or something out of them. We're going to do something cool with some of them. I was going to say, I've got a load of empty bottles. Those really nice bottles. I don't want to yeah. throw away because they've got some sort of cool artwork on them exactly. or something. So they're all in a cupboard somewhere. I would like to do something with them to into light. So as you said, a bar top would sound actually wonderful. So yeah, I've, I've definitely got a load of bottles that all right. need some personal purpose. Good, because there are some absolutely gorgeous bottles yeah. out there. I mean, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Just Pour It, your vlog. Oh, yes. What made you decide to just take your passion for gin and move it to the next step with a vlog? I think it was getting to the point where I was posting a lot about gins, the ones I'd come across and what I found and all that sort of thing. And it was then trying to work out 
there's actually a lot more that I want to say about this, that if you're looking at an Instagram post of a picture, it's just text after text, like, no one's reading that. So it was me trying, okay, how can I do something that's engaging and will actually connect with people? And obviously, naturally, the time to start that was in the middle of lockdown, when you hadn't seen anyone for months on end. So I decided, because I tend to do stuff like gin a day, um, at Christmas, I'll end up getting a gin advent calendar, which will have all yes. manner of new, exciting things. So I just decided that these two points in the year that I do a sort of talking vlog and sort of engage with people and sort of say, what's something special about each of these? Because I think a lot of people, particularly if they're not familiar with gin, they see London Dry and they see pink or some yeah. of the flavours. And they think that's about it. And that's where the diversion is. And I think, well, actually, if you can dig into it, there's so many different types. There's so many different flavours, so many different botanicals. If you get into something like a pink gin, you can. there's so many different ones. I mean, the Tarsier pink is one of the most beautiful uh, and that's they make it in Manchester, which is one of the places that that's near me within half an hour. And it's like, but that's all taken from Southeast Asia and all those sort of flavors. And that, it just elevates that above a regular pink gin. It was trying to explain that in a way that wasn't just a paragraph of text underneath a photo. So getting to dig into what makes these gins so unique and diverse was a real passion of mine. And it just meant people didn't have to ask if they if they were to know this sort of, you know, what gin would you recommend me by someone who likes this kind of gin? Well, here you go. I've got 30 odd uh, episodes every six months with a different gin each time. And it will go through what's so great about it. And if it sounds like it's for you or a friend of yours, then off you go. Wow, that sounds great. So where are these houses? Is this like YouTube or you just record and like, where do you put them? So mostly it's on Instagram. I will eventually try and branch out. I think I tried doing TikTok for the, for the last <laughs> one. <in> December. <laughs> Tell me about it, been there. Yeah, but it's one of those where it's a completely different style. Like everything I did on Instagram was sort of two to three minutes and digging into it. And my mate who's a bit more into TikTok than I was, I never had my own account. He said, no, you need to get down to 90 seconds max. You've got to be factual. You don't want to be too formy with it. I was like, essentially, I've got to do two shows now. I've got to do the TikTok version. I've got to do the Instagram version. There'll be a version if I do it for YouTube, which I could probably go into even more detail. It should be like a five-minute one. So I'd end up doing three different versions of the same thing, which is all well and good. But it also means if you try to drink whilst you're on it, by the end of it, you're going to be... <laughs> uh, but particularly because I do try and pre-record a few so I'm not drinking every single day for a month. It's, you know, try and get a bit of healthiness in it. But I can never get past three or four, because even if I'm not drunk drunk, it's very much... You Makes, can your start to fuzzy. Makes your yeah, head fuzzy. Makes your head fuzzy. You can see it's not quite as sharp as the first take was. So <laughs> I do try and do it as much as possible in one take from start to finish so that it doesn't feel too cut and thrust. And occasionally I will do for whatever reason. If I've done a really good take and there's something right at the end has twisted it a little bit, I might just record the ending again. But by and large, I do try and do everything as one take just so that if there's a reaction to some, you know, the flavours of the gin reveal themselves to you, particularly some of the more, you know, the rich and the herbal floral ones that come at you in layers. You want that to be a realistic and honest reaction to how this gin feels and, again, what sort of flavours you're getting and how it sort of feels in the mouth. And it's one of those things, I know my father did a wine tasting a few years ago now, but it was the ones where they had essentially the same wine. They had six different glasses and it was glass put it into a different part of your mouth and you suddenly found a different flavour palette. So I think the way that you 
drink gin the way that the sort of the technique of it almost there's a technique of drinking it and almost the flavor i'm trying to think of the word now there's a way of having those flavors open up to you that is once you've clicked into it and tuned into it is just unlike any other drink you can get absolutely i completely agree because the one thing about gin is that there's one not two the same you'll never find two exactly the same no matter what there's always something slightly different Mm. And there's always something to discover. This is what I really love doing is I always like having, as I say, I get these sort of the cheaper supermarket ones, but I love to have one of those and then immediately afterwards have one of these really flavorful ones. Because sometimes you can, it does get a bit fuzzy, but when you've got something that's very distinct and you have it against something that's more standard you can really start to pick up. And that's one of those things I'd always try and do with somebody who is interested with gin. I'll say, look, have this and then have this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like to do the blind taste tests when my friends come over too. We line up, you know, four or five or six little glasses and there's a different gin in every one. And we particularly always put a standard, you know, supermarket basic in there mixed in with some of the really really good craft gins and different gins from around the world and i can almost always predict when they get to you know certain ones that they're like oh you know they always find something that they love even if they've never really been a gin drinker before i've converted so many people and i bet you have too (laughs) yes and one of the things i've really found is because my house base is more into his food and i'm more into the drink is the play with food as well so if you get really really sweet gins almost like dessert type gins they can really change how even food tastes so there's one where you get i think it was a panna cotta and you had a, a taste of it then you had a sip of this really sweet gin and then you had another taste that, and soon the palate changed of the actual food you're eating because it awakened so many different taste buds so yeah that's something i really like to try and do. i'd love to do more of that actually uh, well that's why i cook with gin Yes, exactly. Yes, because that's why I started playing that my COVID project was my gin cookbook. And that's a big reason of why I started creating the cookbook was because the botanicals, the flavors, the everything just goes with food so well. It really does. And now you have to cook with gin. I know. Well, I'm going to get your book. That's going to be the next purchase. So well, it's totally available on Amazon. Oh my God. We got to plug in. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about even more so in gin. So I know, and I, this is a challenge for every passionate gin lover I know, but what are your top, let's say three current favorites? Cause I know like myself, my favorite gins change month to month pretty much but let's just start with three okay so i think what i'll start with is my constant sort of go to which is brockman's we'll put that in three because it's just so fruity and so relaxing that's your go-to gin i think for me that's just one that if i had a rubbish day pour it as it says just pour it and (laughs) yeah that's the one that's particularly because it's quite readily available 100% would just recommend and that's a UK gin yes it is so that's definitely one I'd recommend across the board to people in two is another British gin one I only recently discovered at a gin festival and it's from Cornwall 
And I do love Cornish gins because Cornwall, if some listeners aren't familiar, is on the southwest coast of the UK. It's sort of the go-to holiday destination if you're right. staying within the UK. You know, it's not, that's where all the surfers go. It's that kind of thing. But it's a very sort of verdant green part of the country. So Cornish gins do tend to take a lot of the local botanicals and they forage and it's all very sort of natural and, yeah, great. And one in particular I discovered was one called Commander Fox. And I believe it's by a company called Mother's Ruin, ironically enough. They've got a range, which is, I think it's Blue Flamingo and something else, but Commander Fox was their spice gin. Mm. And it was one of those where as soon as you taste it, it's like, oh my God, because I do love a spice gin, particularly in the colder months. It's just one of those that just warms the cockles of your heart. Mm. And this one just had this beautiful punch of flavour so smooth as well it was one that really and I love the name as well quite frankly Commander Fox sounds like a hero of some sort (laughs) but yeah this is just one that I think is a very recent discovery but yeah absolutely loved it but I think my current favourite and one that I have been telling everyone about is a Spanish gin called Brunei and this is a gin that they designed to drink neat over ice. It works as a great GNT, but they designed it so that you could drink it neat. And I'm not the sort of person who can usually. If I'm doing a gin tasting, I will have a little sip and then I'll pour some tonic in because I actually want to get the, you know, how much I'm going to drink it. I'm not a neat gin drinker by trade, but this one. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it is just so smooth and so rich. And it goes down far, far too easily. Because it's like that on its own. Once you do put it with a tonic and you do make a drink out of it, the flavours are just so vibrant. But it's an absolute treat to drink. It goes down the throat. It just has this warming effect on the throat rather than the usual kick you get. Right. And yeah, that's... And uh, how do you spell one... that? How do you spell that one? So B R U-N, is it E-I or just I? I'm now going to Google this. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like the country, so I think... It, no, no, it's not. It's without the E. So it's B-R-U-N-I, and it's Collins gin, so Brunei Collins. Okay. If I'm also not having gin, they do also do a honey rum liqueur, which is equally smooth equally delightful and if someone was determined that they didn't like gin for whatever reason then i'm going right you can have this instead (laughs) it's the same company that does it and just the sweetness that comes with that honey along with the smoothness both of them are delightful but yeah the brunei collins is gin which is what we're here to talk about and it's absolutely sensational i took it because it was so easy and so versatile i took it with me too because we drove over to dublin i took it with me in the car and we used it after the show as sort of pouring out a couple of shots for the cast to cheers ourselves. And yeah, that was the one that I thought, if I'm going to give sort of my friends something special to celebrate, this is the one I'm going with. Oh, sounds amazing. I have not had that one, but I have had the other two. So what's next for you? You have Gin A Day May coming up? Gin A Day May is coming up. So I have been saving a few. I've obviously not been posting quite as much the past couple of weeks, mostly because I've been busy, but equally saving some of these back and post about them all you like but eventually if you sort of go right i've got to find 31 gins to talk about over the next month if i keep doing them all now <laughs> then i'm gonna have nothing left so yes i think gin a day may i will be absolutely ramping up and bringing all the gins that i discovered over the past six months 
and going through them and yeah just describing what makes them special and why i recommend them or why i enjoy them and yeah it's always a fun time of year just because it's particularly when the weather starts getting good because it means i can do, just sit outside with them as well which is yeah always a pleasure yeah, for sure yeah. okay let's talk about your Jensen story i know i warned you about this so yes, oh, i have been wrecking my brains for a, a, a good Jensen and listening back to sort of get some ideas but i think the one that stays large in my head was as i been saying whenever I go to a bar or whatever else, I'm always looking for a new gin that I've not had before. And a few years ago, I was at a gig in Manchester and there's a local brand of gin called Three Rivers, as there are three rivers that run through Manchester. Mm -hmm. And I saw this, hadn't had it, thought I'm getting that. This is a gig though, so it's quite loud, it's quite busy. I was still quite early, so the bar wasn't too busy, but asked the barman, I want a Three Rivers gin. And he comes back, having misheard me with three gins, and just puts Ooh. them down. So he'd heard the three, he'd missed the rivers, he just heard, and the gin. So I got three gins. And I was like, and I then explained to him what the situation was, and yeah, he put two back behind the bar. I was like, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. And then what I then discovered is that I was trying to pay on cards, and they said, well, it's a minimum spend of £10. So I was like, okay, and how much is the gin? And he was like, well, it's about £3.50. So I was like, okay, so how many do we, oh, I need three to pay on card then. So he brings the other two back from under the bar and I end up having to carry three gins in quite big glasses mm. through the crowd at this gig. And of course, every time I go back to the bar, I've got to get three gins to be able to pay for it. So by the end of the night, I've ended up with a stack of cups, You've got these plastic cups you get at events. Almost mm. half as high as I am at this point. <laughs> just because from this simple misunderstanding of three rivers, just three gins. So I ended up, I think, with about, yeah, 12 gins by the end of the night because I couldn't have. <laughs> so, and I, I tried, to, I did try to take a photo of it at the end, which was being in a gig, not the best quality and <laughs> didn't look quite as good at the end of in the morning after. But it was just one of those where I increasingly find myself surrounded with more gins. Every time I'm at an event, I always end up being classed as two gins partington because someone will ask me to hold their glass or whatever, and I'm so sat there. This I graduated to three gins. And then I was in a bar in Ireland over Christmas, and it was one of those where it was a deal where you could get two gins for a certain amount of euros. And they didn't come. And we went to the bar and said, okay, where are our gins? And they said, oh, sorry, do you want to order again just so we can bring it to you? Anyway, they bring these new gins over and then our original gins actually arrive with a different server. So end up being four gins. And then we realise that actually because it's quite slow service, maybe we want to order now. And they actually turn out to be quite quick service. So I end up with six gins it sat in front of me before the start of this <laughs> night. So I'm just sat there. I look like the world's worst alcoholic I've just, just because of the situation of events. I just find myself consistently surrounded by more and more glasses of gin. And then it gets better because the guy next to me was also in the same situation, decided he's had enough. So I ended up getting two of his. So I ended up with eight <laughs> gins in front of me. So slowly and slowly, I just ended up with so many gin and tonics surrounding me. It was, yeah. As far as gincidents go, that's uh, the that's, sort I like. That's a gincident for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> now, did you share some of those? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a ridiculous question. <laughs> Just asking. Maybe you no, they, they all found a home over the course of the right. evening. It, none, it none went to waste. Absolutely not. Everyone else has got their own alcohol for whatever reason. So I just ended up with these eight gins that just ended up sat in front of me. But yes, it, so it starts as two, graduates to three gins. And then by Christmas this last year, it was eight gins. 
So as instance go, so that, it's going one good. way. All right. Anything else you'd like to share about anything? I think that is quite a bit covered. So <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's amazing what we can cover in a short period of time. I know. It's fantastic. But yes, yeah, I just yeah. want to say thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for being here. All right. There you have it. Everything you ever want to know about Danny and his vlog, just pour it. All his favorite gins, cocktails, and fun ginseng stories, and so much more. Thank you so much, Danny, for being here today. And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to Danny and his blog, Just Pour It, and theginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. Until next time, remember, smile. There's Jin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review, or drop us a note at heather at theginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be gin.